Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Driving the Left Field podcast. My name is Jack. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nerds. I'm here with my co-host Ryan and James. You can find Ryan on Twitter at RyanGarcesm and James on Twitter at James Valentinas. Today's podcast is going to be different from the last couple ones we've done. We're going to take a break from the position list here for today's podcast. We'll answer a few of your questions that you submitted through Twitter or Instagram, either Instagram on my story at Nerds or on Twitter uh, under my tweet, uh, also at Nerds and under the Deep Drive Pod uh, Twitter. If you're not following that already, go follow at Deep Drive Pod on Twitter if you want to participate in future podcasts like this. Um, we've got seven questions here. I'm going to go through them. I'll give my answer. I'll turn to Ryan and then James. And uh, hopefully we can kind of come to maybe consensus if, if you know, we agree. If not, then we'll, we'll come to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give our reasoning as to why. All right, let's get started here with uh, question number one, which is who has the best bullpen in Major League Baseball? And my answer is the Tampa Bay Rays. I think the Rays just have the most, the best arms. Like, like there are teams out there that are good, but I think the Rays have the highest ceiling arms. You know, Garrett Clevenger is a very high ceiling arm. Pete Fairbanks, to me, is a top five reliever. Jason Adam last year, has, I think he's going to regress a little bit, but he's still a really good player. They just have so many guys out there. Um, and the way they shuffle their guys in, Taj Bradley will likely see out of the bullpen at some point this year. The way they shuffle their guys in and out um, is, is frankly unmatched in terms of bullpen management. And you can say what you want about them taking on starters too early, but ultimately the Rays bullpen is fantastic. They have a bunch of really good arms out there. They just care about stuff and, and really with relievers, that's what matters. So um, Ryan, who do you think is the best bullpen in uh, Major League Baseball right now? So, you know, I was going to think about going with the Rays. I think that's kind of like a safe pick every year. Um, but I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Dodgers here. Um, one thing the Dodgers do really well is they suppress BAPIP. And it's at a rate better than anyone else in baseball. It's not really close either. You look at the names currently on the depth chart, and I know that it goes beyond just who's on the depth chart. But, you know, they're they're bottom of the barrel relievers uh, currently healthy right now, Phil Bickford, you know, Shelby Miller, who Shelby Miller is not a guy with a track record, but we know based off of kind of the small sample we saw with him, I think it was at San Francisco. Uh, his stuff is still pretty good, right? And out of the bullpen, I think it'll play pretty well. Um, he has the fastball cutter slider. You know, you have that uh, cutter to kind of be that horizontal break bridge pitch. It kind of hovers towards the zero line for a slider that sweeps a lot. Um, you've got guys against the Almonte, you know, Gratterall. I'm not going to try to pronounce the first name. We know we're, I'm bad at that. Uh, Vesia, Phillips, Hudson. Um, you know, they're going to have Trinan come back at some point during the season, hopefully. Uh, they just have plenty of guys with um, high octane stuff. And I, I think that that bullpen is going to perform the best this year, but Rays wouldn't be too far behind. And uh, James? I'm going to go with Cleveland because I think – what would you say? Good pick, I said. Yeah, I think um, when you look at down their bullpen, like they definitely have like a pretty top-heavy bullpen compared to the two that you just listed, but the top is amazing with Class A and Stefan and uh, Eli Morgan and Sam Hedges, like, And then obviously they also have James Karinczak, who oh, – Stefan, yeah, Karinczak. Uh, Karinczak is – I mean, questionable. Like, he, I think he had, didn't he have a couple of good months last year after being really bad in 2021? But yeah, he's got the sicky stuff back, clearly. Well, so, I mean, I, I don't care how he's doing it. I just care well, that he's doing it. Good and he's going to probably keep it. So there's no reason he's going to be worse. Right. And then, and then De Los Santos, Sandlin, like they have, they have some depth there too. I think this is the deep, I think mm-hmm. not the deepest, but definitely the strongest up top. And Class A is obviously a world class reliever, probably top two or three in the league. I would I would agree with you. Um, all right. So uh we got Rays, 
Dodgers and Guardians. Um, I would say that's pretty much the top three. Like, even if like really, I would say there's really nobody else that could put in that top three as well. The Yankees are good, but they're probably Astros. In that tier. Astros, yeah, Astros also on that second tier. I don't really like Rafael Montero that much, so that's why I'm a little low on them. But I would say they're in that second tier with the Yankees. Um, all right. Question number two uh, is who is the Yankees opening shortstop going to be? Opening day shortstop going to be in? Um, this is something I can I can kind of answer off the bat. For me personally, you know, what I've been hearing is that it's almost certainly going to be Oswald Peraza. Um, you know, Isaiah kind of fell off a barring injury is, you know, probably not going to be on the roster. And uh, Anthony Volpe will likely get some more time in AAA, which makes sense. But everything that I've heard, everybody I've talked to around the league that uh, I know that would, you know, have this kind of knowledge has said it's likely going to be Peraza. Um, but Volpe will get a shot. As of right now, Peraza is the heavy favorite. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, so um, I 100% agree. I think it's going to be Peraza. But I will say that, you know, if you see a guy, if you see Volpe, you know, playing well in spring training and he starts playing more of the starters, you know, then we might be having a little bit of a discussion here. But uh, the third person in this debate is Isaiah Kainafalafa. And quite frankly, I think he has a 0% shot to win it, again, barring injury. If both if Peraza goes down with injury, I think those odds go up, obviously. Um, but, you know, if, as long as everyone stays healthy, there's really no reason for Isaiah kind of fluffy to be in the discussion. He doesn't have the floor of Peraza. He doesn't have the ceiling of Volpe. Uh, and then when we're discussing Volpe, I would like to give him some time in AAA uh, before I get him at the major league level, but I don't think it's going to take too long for him to uh, force his way on the major league roster. I would uh, look at the Los Angeles angels as a trade partner, potentially for Isaiah kind of uh post the season, the preseason beginning, just food for thought, just uh, look out for that. Uh, James, what do you think? Um, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't know nearly as much as you guys, given that I'm not a Yankees fan. Personally, I think it should it should be Peraza. I don't think there should be a question unless you're ready to put Volpe up there. But I don't know if he's ready. It doesn't like I mean, obviously, we have no idea. Right. Um, And then uh, kind of for left, he should not start. He shouldn't even play. He's not a major league baseball player. Like he's just not. Uh, maybe maybe like a platoon bench guy. I I don't know what his role there is. He's got an okay glove, I guess, but not really much, you know, with the bat or anything. I think I think it's got to be Peraza. I, it's it's a pretty weak shortstop group to start the year. Obviously, Volpe coming up will make a difference there. But then again, we ranked him at second base, so I'm assuming you guys will think think he's going to play second base. That's what I think uh, personally. But then, where is Glaber Torres going to play? So, yeah, it's a crapshoot. I mean, like the the by the end of the year, I assume that there'll be all three: uh, Lemayhu, Volpe, and uh, Torres, in some capacity, will be there infield, right? Uh, with Rizzo at first base, and so I think I think like just expect that. I don't know who exactly is going to start on opening day, but I'd expect Peraza to get most of the starts to start the year. Yeah, I would agree, and I think um, you know, little competition can't hurt. Um, and what's kind of what's kind of been publicized to me but again my understanding is it's almost certainly going to be Peraza regardless of what happens in spring training but nothing is certain just yet um and IKF you know he can provide some some value you know off the bench a lot of teams you know their internal metrics from who I've talked to in certain organizations really like his glove a lot like they believe he's one of the better defensive players in the game I personally don't see it the public metrics don't see it but obviously teams have their own you know ways of evaluating defense which is very understandable all right let's move on to question number three here um, what changes do you think will be affected? Will affect um what change do you think will be affected by um or most by the rule changes coming in 2023? So those rule did changes I, 
I typed Sorry? this in wrong. It's supposed to say what players do you think will be most effective oh, at rule changes players? in 2023? I think you're saying different con- uh, concepts. No, no, um, no. What players? Sorry, right, that's what, my fault. What players will be affected um, the most? Um, I don't really know. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I really had time to, to think about this fully, but I'll say the general player archetype. Guys who steal bases or are fast will likely steal bases are bigger. I think Starlin Marte, maybe a guy like Anthony Volpe we're talking about just now. He's very fast guy will steal bases for you. Um, and then guys that have, have a hard time, um, you know, getting back on the mound because, you know, 15 seconds with nobody on 20 seconds with runners on. Um, so pitch calm will definitely be critical for, for most players who use it. Um, as for the, the shift, I mean, I honestly, I think the shift is very overhyped. Like you can still have guys right up the middle. You just can't have like, it'll, it'll definitely make changes for sure. Like the first guy that comes to mind is Joey Gallo, like Joey Gallo, absolutely fucked by the shift again so many dead pull hitters at this point where it's it's really too many to count um cory seager is a guy for sure as well but i think the shift is going to still happen like the teams will, will shift you will still see teams put players not where the traditional spot is like those you'll still see second baseman up the middle you'll see still see first baseman off the line you know like you know considering or shortstop rather it depends on obviously who's hitting but um because the rule is you only need two two infielders on each side of the bag to start, you know, the at bats, so you can still move guys over. Um, I think it's a little overhyped, but we'll still see some changes. I would say, you know, of course, you as a guy, Joe Yellow, like I said. Um, and Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, so for the offensive side of the ball, Corey Seager, right? Corey Seager kind of stands out. He's the guy who I think um, gets the biggest change. You know, you look at ground ball pitches as a whole, and you're kind of a little bit, you know, not too worried, but kind of like, you know, a couple of them are going to sneak through. Um, that's whatever. I think, as you mentioned, you know, the bat dip overall as a league is not going to go up dramatically. Um, as for the the uh, bigger bases, there are guys who are those kind of like borderline good enough to steal bases, but you don't want them running like crazy. You know, I look at guys like Harrison Bader, Jose Altuve, guys who just you know they 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 increased their stolen base totals last year um you know they didn't necessarily run crazy but they had pretty good stolen base rates next year they can kind of run wild right um i'm kind of excited to see what john birdie can do with bigger bases he led the league in stolen base last year in 105 games 102 games excuse me um you know there are a lot of guys i think a lot of guys who like you wouldn't initially you wouldn't think okay they're fast but we don't want them stealing a base Maybe those guys perform a little bit better in BSR and stolen base metrics. And then for the pitch clock, um, Canley Jansen's kind of the one guy I'm like super concerned about out of like all the relievers I think are good. You know, Devin Williams and Guy Eagles definitely are up there as well in terms of pitch clock. But I think the difference is those are younger arms. And I don't necessarily think that, uh, you know, Kenley Jansen had a rough second half in the first place. So I'm already a little bit down on him. Projections don't like him that much. Stuff plus likes him, but his command is not as good. So, uh, you know, there are some ish- com- concerns that going into next year can kind of be this, the beginning of the end for him. But, you know, having a pitch clock and having to, uh, you know, speed things up a little bit could hurt velocity, uh, which hurts your stuff. I- I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about Jansen next year. Big, you know, the ballpark situation is worse than Atlanta. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a lot of things going into one and the pitch clock doesn't really help here. And uh, James. Yeah, I mean, players-wise, I think it's just, like Jack said, it's the guys who steal a ton of bases. Or um, uh, for the relievers, I really don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, the pitch clock. I think it's something that they'll just kind of get used to pretty quickly. Um, I, I don't know how, like, it would affect their actual pitching to have to get on the mound, like, that much quicker. I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. For teams, stolen bases, I, I think stolen bases are going to be the big difference. I don't think the shift is going to be that big, although – having uh not being able to put that guy you know against the lefty pull hitter in the middle you know like roaming between second base and right field um is is tough right um for the defense but 
I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. I think the stolen bases will be a bigger difference. You look at like uh, teams like the Orioles or the Rangers that steal a lot of bases with guys like, uh, I don't know, Simeon and uh, Garcia steal a ton for the, for the Rangers. And then uh, for Baltimore, I think Mateo and Mullins uh, might have been the top two guys in the entire league. Uh, so if you look at like those type of teams, they'll definitely benefit teams like the Marlins, just teams that run a lot and players that run a lot. I think, I think that's going to be the biggest difference we see next year. All right. Question number four, we got what team do you expect to regress the most from 2022 to 2023? This one's easy for me. And it's not even that this is like a bad team. My name is, but the Los Angeles Dodgers won 110 games last year. And they're probably not the favorite to win their division as of right now. I understand this is a salary reset year. And we'll get into that with the last question, and I'll elaborate more on that. But, um, yeah, I, I think the Dodgers will be a good team, probably 90, 92 wins. But that's still an 18 to 20 win decrease-ish or so. Um, I mean, maybe I'm being a little aggressive on them. They still have a great team. But they did lose, you know, Trey Turner, probably their best offensive player. You know, not real Mookie Betts. They're, they're pretty pretty close. Um, some of their pitchers, you know, they did lose Tyler Anderson, you know, whether you think he's going to have that repeat that same success he did last year or not, he was still quite good last year. You're not going to really replace that. Um, but they have so many good prospects, you know, this could bite me in the ass again, because they just have so many good prospects and their player development is just so good. You know, it's really hard to tell Ryan, what team do you think will rest of the most going to 2023? Yeah, so um, I think the Dodgers are a good pick just because they won so many games last year. Even if they were like the best projected team in baseball, they'd be projected to lose like 12 or 13 extra games just like that. Um, but the, the team, I think, uh, not just looking at raw win totals, but just kind of taking a step back. The Baltimore Orioles, um, they were an above 500 team last year, finished in fourth, were, you know, I think three games back in the AL wild card. They're not going to get close to that. I think Boston's better than them. I think I look at, you know, two AL Central teams, maybe three. If you include, if you think, I mean, the White Sox, I think might just be the better team at this point, just more talent on the roster. P- worse run, definitely a worse run team, but The talent on the roster definitely favors uh, uh, Chicago, at least a little slightly. I think I like the Angels more. I like the Seattle more. I like the Astros more. The way I look at it is I don't think the Orioles are going to be that seventh AL team kind of look on the outside looking at the postseason, just barely missing it. I think they're going to comfortably miss the playoffs. I think they're going to be selling to deadline again. I, I just don't think this team's very good. And uh, James? I think if we're looking at raw win total, I, I disagree with the Dodgers. I don't think that they're going to take that big of a step back. I'd be shocked if they don't win 100 games again. They're still loaded. Like, even even losing Turner and not making too many additions, I still think they're one of the best teams in the league. Um, Even if the Padres are better than them, there's a good chance they both win 100 games. Um, I think that the biggest uh, decline in just pure wins might be the Boston Red Sox because they won 78 last year, and they're going to be really, really bad this year. Uh, They have no pitching. They lost their – they lost their second best hitter. They lost their second best pitcher. Um, they added Yoshida, which is like a nice addition, but we have no idea what he's going to look like translating into the into MLB right from Japan. So I think I think the Red Sox are a candidate to have the biggest fall off next season. But at the same time, like they already weren't that good, so I don't know if that's you know if that really counts. Got it. No, all those are valid. I like the Orioles pick a lot as well. Uh, I could understand the Red Sox. So number five here, what is your favorite all-time lineup? Um, now, in terms of ones that I've personally watched, because I am still on the younger side in terms of baseball fans, probably the 2019 Yankees, because I'm pretty impartial to them. The best one I've watched, probably the 2017 Astros, maybe 2019 Astros. Um, favorite all-time lineup to look back in terms of history, 19, I mean, the murderers row Yankees, obviously, and I'm a Yankees fan, so you know that, that's kind of my personal bias as a, a favorite 
So um, I think it's an interesting question. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah. So, you know, best, I think, you know, just for my lifetime, I, it's got to be one of those two Astro teams, as you mentioned, the 17 or 19 Astros. As for the most, like the one you kind of like, I, I would say is like the best fate and is the best of my favorites. Oh, nine Yankees is kind of like a cop out because I was the last Yankee team to win a World Series and they were fucking loaded top to bottom. Um, but if I had to pick a non-Yankees team favorite lineup, I think I have to go with the way, okay, the way that the Minnesota Twins offense was in 2019 was just, they, I mean, they set the record for home runs. It was just, it was just a fun offense. Like they just hit tanks, right? And I got to respect that. You know, like I, home runs are fun to watch. You know, everyone can have their own opinion on home runs and whether they're, you know, that much fun to watch or not. But that team was just, I mean, they just hit home runs left and right. It's kind of a shame that they didn't have any of the pitching required to go out and win in the postseason series. But um, I think that lineup, out of all non-Yankee lineups was the most fun for me to watch. I like that pick. James? Well, I mean, for me, like, as a Cubs fan, it's got to be the 2016 Cubs. But like you guys said, if we're going to go away from that, right, um, as far as I've seen, I think it's got to be the 17 or 19, probably 19 Astros. I think they were better, even though they didn't win. Those teams were so fun to watch with, uh, like, Correa, Tuve, Springer, uh, Alvarez, Tucker. That uh, that team had all of them, right? What did yeah. you say? Not as fun uh, for me yeah, like still as a baseball fan, could appreciate it for sure. And then I think actually this year that's going to change. I think for sure it's got to be this year's Padres are going to be so much fun with um with those four guys in the middle of the order: Tatis, uh, Machado, Soto, and Bogarts. I just don't think that we've ever seen a team that star studded, um, at least top heavy, um, in the last you know fifteen twenty years. Can right. I change my answer to that to that then? Because they they that's that's three Dominican like Hall of Famers talent like right there. Like I gotta go with that. I was gonna mention the old I mean, Red Sox like we haven't we have... haven't seen it yet, right? Yeah. But I I just can't imagine this team isn't fun. I was yeah. gonna say the 04 Red Sox is of Ortiz and uh, Ramirez, but I feel like that would have been sacrilegious. So I'm just like, yeah. But all right, that, that's this 2023 Padres team, man. They're gonna be fun. They will. Let's move to our penultimate question here. What is the most overrated team in each league going into 2023? My personal picks, these are kind of easy for me. I'll go in the AL, the Orioles. We touched on it earlier. Ryan did, at least. Um, they're a good team. Like, they're a fine team, but they really have no pitching. And their offense, they have Adley Rushman. They have kind of Cedric Mullins. He's okay. Like, he's not that great. They've got a couple other solid players. Austin Hayes is fine. But, like, really, they're not that good of a team. I guess I'll Gunnar Henderson as well. I'm a big Gunnar guy, as you guys know in my rankings. But ultimately, they don't really have much talent on that roster. So I'll go with them because teams, players really, I mean, I mean, fans really hyping them up. I understand like why they're hyping them up, but I think they're a couple of years away. They still got a lot of good prospects coming up. Mayo, Kowser, uh, Kerstad, um, amongst pitching, uh, Gray Rod. Like they have so many guys. So they'll be fine a couple of years, but for now they didn't really do anything this offseason. And in the end of this offseason for me, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Phillies. They made the World Series last year, but like they barely made it into the playoffs to begin with. And then they kind of went on a run. The postseason such a crapshoot. They were probably the worst, if not the second worst team in the playoffs to begin with. And they made it because they went on a run, which is great. That's, that's what the playoffs are about. That's why it's fun. That's where they play the games. But, you know, they added Trey Turner, who's a fantastic player. They added Greg Soto. They added Craig Kimbrell. Kimbrell. But, like, I don't see this team winning more than 90 games at most. And and I don't really think they're a top five team. And I, I think we see too many people putting them in that upper echelon of, of team. And I'm not a fan of that personally. Um, they're going to be fine. They'll be a good team. I think they'll probably sneak into the playoffs, but they won't be as good as they were last year. Ryan, what do you think? 
Yeah, so um, for the AL, I was going to say the Orioles, but I figured, you know what, let's kind of uh, go with a little bit of a hotter take here. And also, we've talked about the Orioles enough, so I figured let's move away from that. I kind of feel bad at this point. Overrated doesn't mean bad. I want to clarify that before I say this. Absolutely. I think the Seattle Mariners, I think, are my pick here if I can't pick Baltimore. And my reason is quite simple. The Seattle Mariners, I don't think are in the same tier as the Yankees or the Astros. I don't. I don't think that they are. Like, I don't look at them and say, they're going to sneak up on the Astros this year. I think the Astros. Yeah, but does anyone think that? I think enough. I think there are enough people who think the Mariners can win the World Series this year. And on top of I don't think. I think they can, but I don't think that makes them on the same tier. You're right. I should have worded that differently. I think they can win the World Series. Uh, I think they're going to make the playoffs, obviously. Like, that's, that's not something I'm debating here. But do I think that they're better than the blue jays no do i think they're better than the rays no yes do i think that they're better than cleveland yes but that's only because it's clear like i don't really like al central teams at that much in terms of the team ranking looking even at the nl do i think they're better than the braves or mets no do i think they're better than the cardinals maybe kind of it's kind of up in the air do i think they're better than any two two top nl west teams no so we're talking about that they're kind of like a borderline top 10 team Right. And when I'm talking, when I, do we think that the Mariners did enough this offseason to get significantly better than what they were last year? Um, not really. Even if you look at the rotation, I like George Kirby a ton, but they have two guys in there as their three and their four who posted either a league average ERA when we adjust for their park or were worse than league average. We're talking about Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray last year had a 100, oh, excuse me, 100 ERA minus, not worse than league average. Uh, and Gilbert's kind of good like Gilbert's good but he's not great I don't know if and I don't know how I don't know how good he is his ERA wasn't bad last year or anything like that but the run prevention doesn't seem sustainable he's a big fly ball guy um he gives up a lot of line drives he doesn't give a bunch of ground balls it's it's a weird mix he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts um I just don't view this team as in that elite tier I don't view them in that first tier and I think they're in the back end of that second tier I don't think they're like I, I think again we're, we're ranking AL teams I'm taking about three or four definitely three um AL teams ahead of them Blue Jays maybe but I, I'm pretty confident in the Blue Jays over them so that's for the Mariners and then the National League Phillies for all the reasons Jack said and uh James Okay, so I want to I'm asking to start with the National League here because I strongly disagree with this Phillies take from both of you um I think you take this team last year, they already made the World Series, right? They Yes, they did not do that well in the regular season. Uh, Bryce Harper played half the year, so there's – I mean, that's definitely a factor yeah, there, Bryce right? Bryce Harper's not playing again. He's, he's going to come back in, like, August or whatever. Is yeah, he really out for that? that yeah. One? yeah, he's going to DH, I thought. I thought it wasn't – No, no, not – he's out until at he's least after the All-Star break. At least the, after the All-Star break when he's going to DH. So oh, okay. Gonna... So maybe I'm a little off there. Uh, but if you look at the rest of this Phillies lineup, they're still from top to bottom, like one of the best uh, lineups in the league uh, with Turner and, uh, and you know, Hoskins and Real Muto and Bone. Like they can all hit. Their defense is going to be bad. a problem. Uh, 98 WRC plus and he's 26. Like it's not like next year's. It's like he's like 22. Like yeah, Stott, can, can, Stott, Stott can hit. Can he? Um, not very good either. Castellanos can hit. I said yeah. Pretty bad last year. He'll be good. I think he'll be better this year, but like he was. I no, mean, Cassianos can sell me on. I think Cassianos is a guy that you kind of have to expect more out of than last year because last year was like last year, last year was kind of like a worst case scenario for him. <clears throat> Obviously, adding Turner's huge. Uh, Schwarber can still hit. That's a huge. Love Schwarber. Um, but I I missed him on the first you know go around there, and then obviously they're pitching. They've got uh Wheeler and Nola who might be uh two of the best two top ten pitchers in the league. 
And then, you know, they lack a little bit of depth, but I think that doesn't really matter. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.